section nineteen of with the royal army medical corps in egypt by sergeant major r a m c this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter seventeen the egyptian labour corps the medical side of its organization under the r a m c in the pages of this chronicle much ground which is familiar to the general student of the war has necessarily been traversed it is doubtful however if the particular branch of ramc activity in the near east now to be dealt with will fall within the knowledge of many it is even possible that the vast majority of british readers will never have heard of it at all and yet the story of what the royal army medical corps has done for the great army of native egyptian workmen employed concurrently with the british forces in this part of the world is a record of what may well be called a remarkable even a redoubtable achievement the device of making use of egypt's great natural resources in unskilled yet far from unintelligent labour towards the prosecution of the war in its various zones had its instigation very early in the times of the dardanelles campaign our overseas base at mudrose in byron's romantic isle of the aegean splendidly fit and practicable a fulcrum for a great military lever to work from as it eventually became consisted at first of nothing but the rawest of raw material from which to fashion a great military depot and offensive port quays docks landing stages had to be constructed a thousand and one various buildings erected roads suitable for the passage of large bodies of troops and heavy impedimenta of war had to be made between the various camps a water supply by condensation on a large scale had to be devised no source of fresh water worthy of the name existing on the island for all these enterprises labour on a very extensive scale was needed the necessary skilled labour and supervisory personnel was obtained through the usual channels but for the prosecution of the large amount of navvy work involved we were up against a difficulty no local supply of labour was available we conceived therefore the project of importing large numbers of workmen from our egyptian base overseas theoretically the idea was a capital one and so long as the men retained their health it worked exceedingly well eventually we had in mudrose a large number of egyptians these being principally employed in road-making a class of work for which there was great need roads of any military value being practically non-existent on the isle of lemnos but unfortunately the wild bitter climate of these aegean isles proved too much for the sun-nurtured egyptians 
and a large amount of sickness prevailed in their ranks we of the ramc did our best for them despite innumerable difficulties but in the absence of a properly organized medical system exclusively devoted to these dusky hordes from the south their sick and death rates mounted inconveniently high it was an experience dearly bought yet one by which we did not fail to profit in the time that followed when after the excavation of the peninsula the great offensive defensive scheme for the protection of the suez canal came into force and again vast numbers of egyptian labourers were needed the whole problem of securing their well-being while in our employment was thoroughly taken in hand hitherto the vast proportion of preliminary work within the canal zone had been carried through by egyptian contractors who supplied their own native labour but now the authorities decided to adopt the principle of employing the egyptian workmen at first hand the whole scheme was organised on military lines the egyptian labour corps and the camel transport corps were created and placed under british commanders with staffs of british officers recruiting stations were opened at convenient centres throughout the nile area fair terms with clothing and rations for a minimum of three months service were offered and readily accepted the organization expanded rapidly until eventually we had a force of many thousand egyptian labourers continuously employed on military works and service in connection with the canal defences and the expedition across the sinai desert the egyptian lower-class workman in fact has proved himself an invaluable asset to the empire in all sorts of ways the egyptian labour corps has supplied all the unskilled labour necessary for the construction of roads railways defence works etc throughout the whole suez canal defensive scheme it has also provided the men who built the railway across the sinai desert to gaza who laid the wonderful water main over the same route and who constructed all the roads reservoirs and other innumerable works with which this two hundred and thirty mile stretch of desert is marked from end to end it supplied in addition men for various duties such as sanitary routine scavenging and the like in all camps and permanent stations under the egyptian command east or west the camel transport corps has rendered equally important service throughout our advance over the desert where heavy wheeled vehicles were impossible the camel transport corps has undertaken the conveyance of all baggage stores water ammunition everything in fact that our troops operating month after month while in advance of the railway needed for the furtherance of their difficult task the medical supervision of this big army of natives 
would have been no light task even if the men had been concentrated in a single district as it was however the exigencies of their service caused them to be scattered in large and small parties over hundreds of miles of desert and they were moreover continually shifting their positions as the various works progressed or the troops advanced any medical surveillance of them therefore to be effective had to be undertaken on complete and well thought out lines and the present organization was instituted a separate department of the ramc was created and placed under the charge of an experienced medical officer under this new organization a network of egyptian hospitals detention camps etc gradually came into being eventually extending right across the sinai desert and throughout the whole canal zone from port said in the north to suez at the southern extremity of the canal the western desert was also included in the same organization hospitals being established at mercer matru and solemn this service at the date of writing absorbs the whole attention of twenty medical officers and sixty-five ramc orderlies these being assisted by sixty native doctors and some four hundred native orderlies or termagus taking one typical period of six months november nineteen sixteen to april nineteen seventeen we find that about twenty four thousand patients were treated in these hospitals all being men from the egyptian labor corps or the camel transport corps the conditions of service for the staff in charge of these native hospitals were peculiarly trying and difficult though several of the hospitals notably those at ismailia and kantara were permanent or semi-permanent in character most of them had to shift their ground in accordance with the movements of the bodies of labourers whose interests they were serving as the railway was pushed forward over the desert or our army advanced the native population moved with them and hospital accommodation had to be readjusted accordingly this chain of hospitals being so maintained that wherever gangs of labourers or transport men were congregated or wherever dumps employing native labour existed medical aid was always within easy reach apart from this peripatetic character of the hospitals which necessitated much heavy work on occasion and materially increased the problem of maintaining medical supplies the actual conduct of the hospital work was fraught with difficulty the average lower-class egyptian is a prey to various obstinate and often obscure diseases of which however by far the most important in regard to frequency is that known as relapsing fever this fever was so common among our egyptian labour corps and camel transport corps native labourers 
that usually as many as eighty per cent of the patients in a hospital would be suffering from it it was the great cause of the depletion of manpower in the two egyptian corps and from the very earliest days in the campaign all medical effort and ingenuity were focused on the problem of its prevention at first its cause and vehicle of dissemination baffled all attempts at discovery but at length our bacteriologists succeeded in clearing up the mystery the specific organism of relapsing fever was definitely isolated and the guilt of its propagation finally brought home to an old offender the ubiquitous body louse thereafter the treatment of this complaint both curative and preventive became straightforward if not easy while as yet no actual cure for the fever has been discovered certain materia medica have been employed against it with promising results and as regards the body pests the inveterate war which was at once instituted against them among the native workmen resulted in an enormous reduction in the number of cases of the disease occurring this latter question however belongs properly to another branch of the ramc egyptian hospitals organization and will be dealt with in a subsequent paragraph in addition to the large number of relapsing fever cases treated in this widely comprehensive system of native hospitals there were a great many cases of eye trouble skin diseases and of injuries due to accidents and to camel bites the camel has been of the utmost service to us in this desert war indeed it is difficult to see how we would ever have got our army through the sinai wilderness without his aid we owe him a heavy debt but we have this to lay to his charge as a usurer he has proved himself a very shylock among quadrupeds never failing literally to take his pound of flesh whenever the chance presented itself these cases of camel bites are constantly occurring among the native drivers they are always serious the cruel jaws crushing through everything flesh and bone resistlessly and the wounds thus caused are nearly always septic the camel being a particularly unclean beast about the mouth this and the many accidents which befell members of the working gangs necessitated frequent operations in the egyptian hospitals and required the provision for each of a full surgical equipment and staff there is perhaps no more interesting or informative experience for the student in the art of empire making than that afforded by a visit to one of these field units under the sway of the egyptian hospitals branch of the ramc in them you see the best of britain's traditions appertaining to the government of oriental races in full smooth triumphantly successful working order 
and you see them on a scale sufficiently large and under conditions sufficiently varied to enable a fairly accurate estimate to be formed as to our chances of making good in the empire sense with this which for all our lengthy occupation of egypt must be regarded as the newest and latest of eastern peoples to come under our sway for so long as the old paralyzing clog of turkish suzerainty remained upon egypt we were too busy a nation to devote over much thought to a country whose future as part of the british empire seemed indefinitely obscured now however that all this ambiguity of relationship between egypt and the empire has been finally cleared away we that is at least the men of the british army in egypt who may fairly be regarded as typical of their nation are looking at the country and the people with new eyes and wholly new interest as well as appreciation of all that recent changes may portend for britain and egyptian alike when we speak of the egyptian people it would be as well to make it quite clear that we mean the great bulk of the middle and lower class native-born muslim population the men who do all the work on the land and who vastly outnumber every other class and of these men albeit of the humbler sort you obtain a pretty clear perception in regard to their qualities as human material by a quiet survey of any of our native hospital camps practically these camps are all under canvas not only on account of the need for mobility but because the big canvas marquee has proved itself most suitable for almost every hospital purpose on the desert taking the same period of six months as before november nineteen sixteen to april nineteen seventeen we find that there were seventeen of these native hospitals under the ramc in various parts of the war area including the egyptian base and that in these hospitals an aggregate of some two thousand beds was provided except at the non-mobile establishment at ismalia where iron bedsteads are in use these beds consist simply of a waterproof ground sheet and blankets laid upon a given space of sand within the marquee this form of accommodation being found sufficient for all native requirements at kantara where the whole system can be very conveniently studied there is at the time of writing tentage sufficient for one thousand two hundred beds but this provision can and frequently is extended to over one thousand five hundred the kantara egyptian hospital is situated on a well-raised plateau of firm sand immediately eastward of the suez canal and far enough from the bustling war base to be as quiet as need be for sick and suffering people the first impression you get on arriving within its precincts is one of a seaside camp 
large and populous but eminently quiet and orderly to all intents and purposes the suez canal with its clean abruptly sloping sandy shores and broad stretch of glittering blue water is the sea and when the wind blows across it the air is as pleasantly salt-laden as on any breezy day at margate the hospital is conducted as nearly as possible on british ramc lines especially in regard to sanitary matters but it is neither practicable nor necessary to enforce white man routine in its entirety on these bronze-visaged orientals the kantara hospital was started in april nineteen sixteen with one hundred and fifty beds since which date it has steadily expanded to the dimensions already stated to keep pace with the increase in the number of natives employed in the district it now serves as the base hospital for over fifty thousand egyptians the average daily admissions are about one hundred beside the egyptian labourers over seven hundred wounded turks have also been treated in it from time to time the british personnel consists of ten medical officers and eight ramc men the ward orderlies being natives mainly recruited from reservists of the egyptian army medical corps the material for the following slight sketch of a day's routine and the work generally of this admirably conducted hospital is derived from an account given personally to the writer on a recent visit by the commanding officer himself and it will be of interest not only because it indicates the difference between the systems of management of our ramc british and native hospitals but because it incidentally throws various quaint sidelights on lower-class egyptian character and temperament in this hospital it may be remarked the small separate tent is eschewed as far as possible the wards consisting of a number of large lofty marquees placed end to end their canvas sides being removed except in the rare seasons of inclement weather the wards therefore are more in the nature of long spacious sun shelters open on all sides an arrangement admitting abundance of light and air vastly to the health and comfort of the patients soon after five a m of each morning the hospital presents a busy scene as it is being cleaned for the day the whole site consists of sand and the patients are expert in giving this an attractive appearance the territory of each ward is marked out by a small surrounding sandbank the entrances being indicated in the same way the surfaces of this bank are carefully smoothed and sometimes ornamented the gangway down the middle of the ward is treated in the same fashion the patients then lying in a long row on either side the whole interior surface of the ward is smoothed over 
each patient attending to his own small area he will thus sit or rather squat for hours contentedly patting and stroking it with his lean brown hands this daily grooming of the sand results in a fresh surface being continually exposed but at intervals the whole superficies is removed and new clean sand brought in from outside in the wards the patients lie on the ground each with his blankets and mackintosh sheet only the more helpless cases having beds in the special wards before going to sleep the men encase themselves entirely in their blankets head and foot a method which effectively wards off winged pests the helpless patients have their food brought to their bedside but the others gather for meals in the open air in an enclosure marked off by the inevitable sandbank hard by each ward all are given milk at six o'clock each morning breakfast is at eight a m and consists of rice milk only for the milk diets but for the rest of lentils dates and bread at midday tea and milk or rice milk only are given dinner is served at four p m and is made up of rice milk or meat onions or other vegetables rice and bread the final meal is taken at eight p m and consists of milk only the meat at dinner is an unheard-of luxury for most of this class of native the more affluent of them would only get it once or twice a week at home in the hospital the official meat ration is a very small one no more than two ounces daily but all the men have a pound of bread for their day's supply which is more than twice that given to the british soldier when eating the egyptian uses his fingers alone for every purpose the food is served out in fairly large bowls and a group of men squat round each bowl making common cause with its contents there is however never any difficulty with them as to sharing the procedure as regards the medical officer's daily round does not differ from that common to other hospitals all cases needing surgical treatment are sent to the wooden hut which serves as operating theatre and dressing station only bedridden cases being attended to in the wards it is wonderful with what fortitude fatalistic composure and childlike faith in the skill of the effendi inglesi the native egyptian submits himself to the most painful wound dressing processes and to what are no doubt the inexplicable methods of british medical science in this regard the egyptian compares very favourably with his european confrere usually very little discussion and explanation are required to obtain from him a ready consent to an operation the injuries that befall him in his service to the empire are often of a very trying character as beyond the ordinary accidents of the working day 
he is as before mentioned especially liable to camel bites which are frequently severe and always badly infected they are therefore very slow in healing and involve many painful dressings while the worst bites may lead to loss of a limb or even the death of the patient with natives in hospital almost the entire day is spent in talking interminable animated discussions go on between them as they sit in conclave the principal topics dealt with being their small money matters and the latest exploits of the dreaded turk when they are not wrangling together in their inimitable gentle bantering way they are telling each other long tales of enchantment after the style of the arabian nights or lie crowded together in every spot of shadow fast asleep at three o'clock of each afternoon those who are fit for it go down to bathe in the canal often two hundred or three hundred of them may be seen at a time splashing lustily about like a delighted covey of coots or squatting up to their necks in the shining azure water at this time also they wash their thin summer suits both clothes and men under the fierce desert sun being sufficiently dry for reunion by the time they can be prevailed upon to return to the hospital towels be it understood are an unknown commodity in the lower class egyptian world the great event of the day however takes place at five o'clock on each evening this is the discharge parade the commanding officer sits in state within the big epip tent which serves him for office and receives one after the other all those who are eligible for discharge from the hospital or seek to be liberated for various reasons practically all are eager for their discharge hospital life under british control being rather an ordeal for the native probably his sole experience of the healing art hitherto has been confined to an occasional visit to the village barber who in rural egypt still for the most part fills the office of medical man to the community quite in the medieval way the native hospital patient however is not always in a hurry to exchange his snug quarters and easy life for the rough and tumble of the desert again now and then a man will be found apparently willing and anxious to spend the rest of his life in the hospital and he will resort to every expedient and exhaust all his powers of persuasion with the medical officer to that end in this case he becomes an adept at making the most and the longest of his affliction and will feign all sorts of ills to get his term of incarceration prolonged not the least difficult of the officer commanding's duties at this discharge parade is to discriminate between real and fictitious disabilities in this matter 
a thorough knowledge of the quaint variety of arabic spoken in rural egypt is almost a sine qua non with the officer in fact all ramc medical officers doing duty in native hospitals and most of the british orderlies are adept at this it would be well indeed if the possession of a fair knowledge of the egyptian arabic were officially regarded as a necessary part of the professional equipment of all ramc men stationed in egypt the language is not an easy one to read or write but it can readily be picked up by ear and a certain facility in this direction should be required of all our men coming into contact with the natives the sequel to this discharge parade is usually a picturesque one those fortunate enough to obtain their discharge especially those whose time of service has expired and therefore are now to return to their homes immediately go into paroxysms of joy at their deliverance hastily gathering their belongings together they make for the railway station in a delighted vociferous crew clapping their hands rhythmically chanting weird folk songs and waving improvised flags generally in their excitement they run all the way to the station they crowd into the open trucks that are to bear them away westward to the land of their fathers and long after the train has disappeared round the curve of the line the sound of their rejoicing lingers on the evening breeze you turn your back to the hospital feeling glad somehow that the world is not all progress and culture and that there are still some odd corners left in it where man as nature made him can yet find a little elbow-room the ramc medical officer in command of the kantara establishment possesses all the dominant racial traits which have made british rule over eastern peoples such a success wherever our flag flies but in addition to these his government of the hospital evidences another quality much rarer though also essentially british that of being able to tell one black man from another to realize the fundamental divergences of character and temperament between the various coloured races and to adopt his methods accordingly the writer has no experience of the oriental peoples under our sway east of suez where the best is like the worst but from a fairly extended acquaintance with the lower class egyptian the typical egyptian labour corps or camel transport corps man he is convinced that upon a true estimation of his peculiar racial qualities depends all our success in governing him both in the present time of war and hereafter the average nabob from the far east seems to regard his authority over the native orientals with whom he comes into contact as dependent on the preservation of a demeanour compacted of frigid aloofness suspicion and contempt 
the whole being reinforced by a carefully nurtured reputation for a ready resort to harshness or downright brutality on occasion but nothing of all this will do in egypt and the sooner we realize it the better the pure-blooded egyptian is at heart a child and a child of in many ways very attractive and lovable qualities into the bargain childlike what we choose to make of him now he will become and after the like kind he will bring up those other children he is begetting in such large numbers after the nature of the child all the world over he possesses within him the seeds of every good and every evil quality and the responsibility lies upon us now to see that he develops on the right lines the most disastrous mistake we could well make would be to attempt to rule him mainly by the rod not because he does not sometimes deserve and indeed often gets a sharp cut from the cane of his british overseer but because he is by nature essentially unwarlike and therefore in the main incapable of profiting in the right way by physical punishment this indeed must be the keynote of all our dealings with the egyptian if he is ever to grow out of childhood into real manhood under our hegemony as in the training of all children the fact must be first established that we are not to be trifled with nor deceived by dissembling or other elemental guile but once this wholesome spirit has been instilled into him our further policy is clear it must be frankly directed towards the development of his undoubted qualities of industry sociability a good and often keen understanding and a trainable capacity for all those little arts of life which for the want of a better word in his case we must call civilized in these vaunting days when we are all high and low taking our turn at blowing the national trumpet the writer need make no excuse for attempting here a little fanfaronade on his own account the greatest good thing that ever happened to the middle and lower class egyptian or indeed for that matter to every man in the country muslim or christian willing to get an honest living by the work of his own head or hands is the fact that egypt has now unconditionally thrown in her lot with the british empire the goodness and greatness of this thing may not be so apparent to those in the country falling within the category named upper class hereditary idleness as part of an obsolescent national system never does expire amiably nor even picturesquely the mistletoe is able to live very comfortably at the expense of the apple tree and it can hardly be expected to display much enthusiasm during the first acute stages when it is being compelled to subsist by its own roots but the sentiments of egypt's mistletoe class of humanity 
need not concern us here it is the tree itself the great mass of gentle-hearted courteous ease-loving yet truly industrious folk that make up the bulk of the nation towards whom we must direct all our hopes and efforts it is not for nothing that egyptians have been a subject race have lived under the yoke of one conqueror after another for thousands of years back what they have lost in one way they have immeasurably gained in another they lack initiative and dread responsibility as a cat dreads water but they have a chameleon-like power of ready adaptation to imposed ideas that is almost japanese in quality we have it in our power therefore now to make or mar them and if the writer were asked to put into one short phrase the vital policy which should govern all our future efforts to bring egypt into line with the rest of the empire this would be the answer treat the egyptians as if they were a nation of boy scout recruits start them right at the beginning of every elementary principle of honour discipline good form healthy hardihood of body and mind and all the wholesome reasonable give and take comprised in the word neighbourliness it will not be done in a month or a year nor perhaps in many years but it can be done the raw material for the work is no sow's ear but good silk all through and the silk purse is sure to materialize in time the egyptian hospital system for the treatment of the sick and injured of the two native service corps covers as we have already seen all the canal zone between port said and suez as well as the entire desert line of march between the kantara base on the canal and our furthermost trenches under gaza in palestine it also extends along the northern boundary of the desert to the west of egypt with this system there exists concurrently a series of isolation hospitals for the treatment of any cases of cholera that may occur among the native population such cholera camps have been established at deir el bala and shek nuran on our extreme eastern defences and at Rafa, El Arish, and Kantara on the desert line of communication. There is, in addition, a special cholera hospital containing 60 beds at Deir el Bala, used exclusively for prisoners of war. The great bulk of sick and wounded prisoners is dealt with at the main RAMC prisoners of war hospitals in Cairo alexandria and elsewhere these establishments being staffed by british orderlies and nursing sisters of the queen alexandra's imperial military nursing service and in themselves form no inconsiderable portion of the general work of the ramc in egypt but we have well-appointed camp hospitals of two hundred beds 
each wholly confined to the treatment of wounded prisoners and those suffering from diseases other than cholera at both deir el bala on our extreme front and at kantara there is also a prisoners of war hospital of sixty beds in connection with the egyptian hospitals branch of the ramc at port tufik near suez altogether the enemy can have no reason to complain of any neglect on our part in respect of those who have fallen into our hands and are in need of medical aid apart however from the immense amount of hospital work which has fallen to the lot of the ramc in egypt through casualties and sickness occurring among the men of the egyptian labour corps and the camel transport corps we have had much else to do in connection with these native services during the whole of the campaign on the formation of these services recruiting stations were opened in all the important centres of industry in egypt and at each of these ramc medical officers were continually in attendance to ensure that none but thoroughly fit men were accepted for the work during the same typical period of six months hitherto dealt with some one hundred and thirty thousand natives presented themselves to our doctors for examination at these recruiting stations and of this number thirty thousand had to be rejected for various causes mainly eye trouble to which the native egyptian is peculiarly liable once accepted for service the new recruit is put through a regular curriculum before he becomes a full-blown egyptian labour corps or camel transport corps man taking the methods adopted by the ramc ninety fifth sanitary section attached to the hadra egyptian labour corps camp as typical of those in vogue at other centres we see a batch of recruits on arrival at once proceed to what is known as the recruits compound this is a walled-in enclosure fitted with latrines ablution benches shower baths cooking places and living tents and is reserved entirely for new recruits here the men are detained until their turn comes for subjection to the very necessary processes of being washed and disinfected pending this each man has his head close clipped and his axillae and pubes shaved and then usually within twelve hours of his arrival he is ready to proceed with his squad to the disinfection station close by carrying with him his blankets and all personal effects on arrival at the steam disinfector he removes his clothing wraps it together with his other belongings in one of the blankets and leaves the bundle to be dealt with by the disinfecting staff his other blanket serves him as a robe on his passage to the bathhouse the bath enclosure being gained these remaining blankets are collected from the men and at once put into another disinfector which exists on the spot for the purpose 
the recruits are then introduced two at a time into a large bath of fluid consisting of a solution of cresol soft soap paraffin and sulphur a combination which can be relied upon to put an end to any insect plague in or out of egypt in this bath each man gives himself and his companion a thorough scrubbing after which he has a plunge into clean water and then proceeds to the equipment store a few yards away where he is served out with a new egyptian labor corps uniform consisting of brown linen slacks and tunic and also a greatcoat there remains now nothing for him to do but to recover his civilian belongings from the main disinfector and march back to the store where the rest of his equipment boots putties cap etc is completed the whole process thus described occupies an average time of three-quarters of an hour in which period the new recruit is changed into a fully equipped member of the egyptian labor corps and is ready for service in any part of the war area be it palestine salonica or france but this preliminary lustration by which he is started clean sound and fresh clothed on his new job and his subsequent care in hospital if sick by no means exhausts the list of services rendered to the egyptian labor corps or camel transport corps man by the army medical service of egypt having once got him and his belongings clean and free from vermin our whole art is directed to the task of keeping him so no easy task as all will agree on coming to consider the conditions in the case of a great force of native labourers distributed in large or small gangs over a wide and difficult country and these gangs continually shifting from place to place the most carefully devised system of sanitary control is liable to aberration in this matter however the ramc sanitary sections have succeeded admirably even perhaps a little beyond any reasonable expectation the ideal was conceived of giving every native labourer in the service a thorough antiseptic cleansing and his kit a thorough sterilization at least once a fortnight and this ideal has been fairly well realized in addition to the disinfecting installations at all egyptian hospitals and recruiting depots we established disinfecting stations at three of the most important centres in the military system these were able to deal with the men within a large radius of their several positions but to reach those gangs of labourers scattered about on or near the various ramifications of the desert railroad we had to work on a different plan we equipped three disinfection trains having sterilizing vans supplied with steam from the engine and carrying with them all appliances necessary for the establishment of temporary disinfection stations in sidings of the line within which the train might pull up 
whenever and wherever the train made a pitch all native camps in the surrounding area were duly notified and the men willingly flocked in with their belongings to undergo what could not fail to be a very welcome process to all throughout the period of hostilities from the time these systems came into vogue our ramc sanitary men have dealt with an average of eighty thousand native labourers monthly which is a record of useful if rather unromantic service of which we may be reasonably proud seeing that the great scourge of these lower-class egyptians and principal cause of inefficiency among them relapsing fever originates in infection conveyed by the body louse it is small wonder that since our sanitary campaign against personal uncleanliness among the natives came into full force the incidence of this disease has decreased by fifty or sixty per cent before leaving this well-nigh inexhaustible subject of our work for the native egyptians in our army's employ we must briefly mention what has been done in the matter of quarantine arrangements as between egypt and the eastern theatre of war the system of enlisting these labourers for so short a term of service as three months though it proved a popular measure and thus materially swelled the stream of recruits had nevertheless one serious drawback it created a condition wherein there was a constant dribble of time-expired men back from the war area into all parts of rural egypt cholera being always more or less present with the turkish forces and the danger of infection through prisoners deserters etc being therefore considerable we had to take special measures to safeguard egypt against this scourge through infection by our returning egyptian labour corps and camel transport corps men the difficulty was met through the agency of the egyptian hospitals branch of the ramc by establishing two great segregation camps the one at el arish and the other at kantara where all time expired labourers could be detained for such period as would ensure their freedom from contamination in these camps also thorough disinfection of the person and belongings of all men was carried out so that the men returned to their homes free from parasites as well as from germs of disease not the least important outcome of the work of the ramc in egypt lies perhaps just in this small fact every native who enters our service and then goes back to his fellows does so as a living illustration of the advantages of personal cleanliness and with such a receptive imitative people as the egyptians his example cannot but have far-reaching results the oriental who has acquired the daily habit of washing himself has already taken a great step along the road to empire or to british ideas of empire at least end of section nineteen